This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley. Uh, unfortunately, not joined by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. He is uh, taking care of his mom, which is a good thing that all sons should do. Uh, Mrs. Gallagher, we wish you well and a speedy recovery, but she should be fine. Uh, the Gallagher bloodline is very strong. She could probably get hit by a car and shake it off like it was nothing. But Filling in today as co-host is uh, Carlson Gracie, athlete, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, blue belt, coming off of a dynamite performance at Third Coast Grappling against Nat Santoro, Mona Bailey. Mona, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? you? I'm, well, okay, now I was doing fine, but in preparation for this, uh, this episode today, I went back and watched your most recent matchup. And now I am terrified of talking to you alone. <laughs> you see, a big thing that Kevin G does is he's a big, strong guy, you know, multiple-time mm-hmm. IBJJF world champion. So I feel safe with him. And now I feel like I've been thrown into the lion's den completely <laughs> unprotected. So please, like, please don't beat me up. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm good. I will. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> well, I think just to get off, uh, I, I already brought up your, your most recent matchup. Um, absolutely amazing job. Uh, how are you feeling coming off of that? Good. That was a fun one. Um, it was a last minute match to take. We only had a good two weeks and coming off of a gi camp right before jumping into Nogi and an all sub legal Nogi match. Um, we trained harder than we usually do. Got it done. I I was happy with how the match went and how my performance happened <laughs> i mean you, you you definitely you were dominating the whole time but it was very close to going into ot before you took it, it back yeah. and like we're how did you feel about going into overtime potentially so i didn't want to um most of the matches that night went into overtime and i'm like okay i'm not gonna take it and then with about three minutes left i had 10 points so i really only needed one more so I'm like, I can hit that last point and be done, or I can possibly risk going to overtime because I was worried about the submissions and not the points. So, and then the, that day they changed it to the ADCC um, body triangle is four points rule. And that's how I got the last four points. So it was fun. Yeah. That was actually something that surprised me just because I, I missed the, the, like the rule set change and so when i saw you go into the body triangle i'm like oh crap that's not going to be points and then it then you won and i'm like oh that's crazy yeah they changed it that that third coast they changed it for that one and along with the penalties there were more to it so i'm good thing they changed that rule because then we (laughs) would have went into overtime would have missed (laughs) i mean i i gotta with nat coming from the the henzo camp were were leg locks a big concern of yours because i remember she she attacked she made one really solid attack on, I think it was your left leg from what I saw. It was the, the scramble was pretty insane and you were able to get out of it. But was that something you had in mind going into this? Yeah. 
So going into the match, we really worked on the defense side of things because I've been competing with adults since I was 12, 13 years old. So I've gone through different rule sets. And, you know, I've always had leg lock defense better than my attacks because i rather know how to defend than attack. And I have them. I don't really use them. i rather defend and then get back to my game. So that was the biggest thing is shutting her leg lock game down early and getting back to my game to start racking up points and to a submission later. I mean, your guard looked absolutely impassable that entire time. It it gave yeah, me that's like <laughs> it gave me contact anxiety watching that thing. I mean, it's how like how ha- have you always been a big guard player, or is that something you developed later? Yeah, so no, it's always been guard for me. Always um, been guard, open spider over to the worm and lapel side of things, and just recently I've started to pass guard a lot more. So I'm loving the passing guard game right now. So and then I'm going through a lot of switches to where I'm passing, but now I'm playing a lot of deep path and more shield guard, Z guard, I guess it's called. Yeah. So I'm I'm switching a lot of my game right now. I you you mentioned that you've been competing against adults since you were was it 14? You just said. Uh, 13. 13. Dear Lord above, I think that's a really. <laughs> hang on, just. I, I at my gym, the Hive in uh, here in New Jersey, uh, we have a lot of kids around your uh, people around your age, absolutely dominating it on the adult circuit, and all of you guys creep the hell out of me. I'm not gonna lie, it is just because there's that. It's the new guard, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, I never even got a chance to be a part of the old guard. I got into jujitsu super late. Um, how did you How did you get into jujitsu? If you don't mind me asking. So I come from a big family. There's ten kids um five boys five girls so my oldest brother brought up to my parents and he never started but my two brothers under him started they started jiu-jitsu and they both switched over to boxing so they started and then my brother after followed another one followed i jumped in and then two sisters under me started training later my parents started training and now my nephew trains so we all train um we started around all together my brother's a few more few months before me but we've been training coming up to the kids. Uh, we trained a lot tournaments. There'll be like seven of us competing all at one time. So that was always fun. But then they started growing up work school. And now right now my brother Dominic and I are the bigger competitors. When you were uh, growing up at competing, like as often at the, at the level at, that you've been competing at, how did it feel interacting with, with just like other kids outside of jujitsu. Okay. So, um, I still went to school and you know, it's like people have like outside friends and like school friends. My school friends really didn't understand jujitsu. So that was growing up. I've been homeschooled for two years now and I don't hang out with anybody outside the gym. It's always like (laughs) jujitsu people. I'll see them around tournaments and a lot of my friends are out of state. So we only see them competing and traveling. So <laughs> that's it's that is really funny because I I just got engaged uh, this week to my longtime girlfriend. Hi, Shernice. She's in the other room right now. And I, I've been oh thanks. I've been putting together my list of groomsmen, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh shit! Like the, outside of my brother and one guy, these are all jujitsu people. Yeah, like, that, that's the level that. If like if you stick around in it, that's the level of bond you can expect with the people that you train with. Um, 
have you always trained at Carlson's? Like, have you always been a Carlson athlete? No. Um, I've been to two other gyms before. So I was Gracie Baja starting jiu-jitsu. And so was my current professor, Jared Chafee. But he ended up switching over to Carlson Gracie, so we followed with him. And I've been with Jared for, what, four years now? Six years. Six years. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> you got a fact checker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need one of those. <laughs> how how have you how, have, how since the switch? How have you liked training at where you're training? Oh, I love it. So we switched three. See, there's there's the four years. Three or four years. It's been a while. Um, but right before during the switch, uh, we went to HQ, met Junior, met everybody. So we've been to HQ. We've been to California. Um, with Professor Tom Vegas, with Professor Homolo. So it's just the Carlson Gracie team is so tight and close knit that they're for each other. So wherever we go, we'll always stop in. And even in Arizona with Sandoval. Um, so we haven't been a part of the team for so long, but they make you feel welcome right away. And I love the Carlson Gracie team. No, I I gotta admit that I feel very similarly. I had to switch into my Carlson Gracie London shirt. <laughs> Just because I studied abroad for a summer, uh, two summers in London, and I needed a place to train, and Car I Carlson's was the first place I I tried out while I was there. Mm -hmm. Everybody just immediately super cool, down to earth. Yeah. They gave me a lot of shit for being an American, but after that, <laughs> they were just they were very nice. And I have you, how now moving on to competition. Did you make the when did, when do you remember making the choice that you wanted to start competing seriously when you when you were younger? So, um I want to say the first 2 years, how when that was that 9 10 11 12. Um we've kind of been competing the whole time. I think I started my first competition was like 3 months after I started training. And once like the super fight started picking up, um that's when and when I started growing into my juvenile ranks, 13 14 I started doing more adults. I started doing more super fights. And then I did two years um, for IBJJF. And I won kid pans. And I won all my kid tournaments. So I want to say around 13, we started taking competition seriously through the adult rankings. Yeah. Was, there, was there ever a, a moment when you were at that age where you're like, maybe I'll just be normal instead. Maybe I'll do a normal no. hobby. <laughs> No, I mean, growing up through this, my family's not normal. I mean, we all did this together. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> my brother was a golden glove boxer. Um, my brother was a Shit. state wrestler for high school. So, and then another one of my brothers and I, we did judo. So we've done all of them and we've jumped through all of them together. So yeah, team Bailey, we're cause big family. We do everything together and we're not a normal family. So so, like, from the jump, your family has just been all in, all supportive for for, for all sure, of you yeah. guys. Did did your parents decide they were going to raise the deadliest family? Like, was that a goal for them? I think they did, <laughs> yes. So, we started training, and we were just always at the gym. So, my parents started training after. And so, they're blue boats. I have a brother who's a purple boat. Blue boats. How many are blue boats? Jalen, Mark. Me and Dom. Four of us are blue boats, and then my two sisters are orange boats. Jesus. So, has is there is there like family training sessions? Do you guys break out the mats? So this this way, this is our home gym right here. 
Dear and, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So like for holidays, Mother's Days, Father's Days, or even my everybody, all my siblings come over on Sundays and we start training. And then my sister's fiance started training with us. So he has to get beat up by my brothers now. If I if I squint, it looks like instead of medals, you guys have just got a mountain of skulls behind you. That's so essentially what I look like. They're the belts and the medals and the more on this side over here. Wow. That is that is some impressive hardware, Miss Bailey. I've got a is is there a competition in the family to see who can rack up the most medals or is it <laughs> So um I have the most because I haven't stopped competing. My Ooh. older brothers my older brothers took time off and so did Dominic. He took time for he started to compete a lot, but I competed by myself for two years for a long time by myself. Wow. Dang. I'm sorry. I've, I just got to kind of reboot my mind. That is, that is so much winning in one frame that it kind of like, I assumed you were at your gym and that was like the collective gym. No, this, metal is, collection. Yeah. this is one family. Yeah. One family is life for every jujitsu competitor in the Texas area. Yeah. Uh, well, fun. Speaking of Texas, you know, I was just I was just talking to Ryan from from Third Coast specifically about you. What's it been like competing under that promotion? Uh, Third Coast is fun. So the first time I did Third Coast was October of last year, and I was in the blue belt 160 and under division. And uh, my parents were out of town, so I went and did it with my team. I went my team, and it was at a bar, so I was one of the only minors at the bar, so I had the big X's on my hand. And I had three fights that night, um, three wins, and it was just a real good show. Everything went well. There's two brackets, few super fights that ran well. And that's how he ran a few more of his cards. Um, he did the kids' cards there and a few more qualifiers. But now with the quarantine, he's doing like a – what's that thing called? A kumite? Uh, or he's doing kumite. Yeah, the kumites. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing the kumite. And it's – there's there's people, but it's still like a more laid back environment to like just chill and watch like big names fight, and it's super fun. I mean, it's it's definitely he's bringing a lot of his promoter experience, like his music promotion experience, like that event building, which a lot of people think is missing in jujitsu tournaments because a lot of them can be a lot of them can be lacking in that area. But I think he's doing a lot to raise the game for everybody, which is good. For sure, yeah. Now, um, you, you're 16 right now. Yes. You've been homes homeschooled two years, you said? Yes. So as uh, someone still in enrolled in – like someone still pursuing their education and uh, is a high-level athlete, what's an average like day look like for you, assuming it's during the so, school year? Yeah, so I'll wake up in the morning, a few hours of – school and then i'll go train from 11 to 1. i'll come home do a few more hours um of schoolwork and then i train from 5 30 to 8 30 at night and then we come home and i go to sleep at like 10 and then i do it all again <laughs> has the and uh which one of your parents is taking care of like the education or is it both of them? Um, mostly my mom, we kind of do it 
on our own pace. We have the books instead of online because I hate online school. I like books. So we do it um, whenever it fits our schedule. We get it done and my mom will help us if we need it. But all of the four, there's four of us still left in school and we're all in high school. So we kind of understand how everything would work. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, do you have any plans on on going into college or are you are you going to go straight into competing more often for IBJJ? So- I have so, two, sorry, if that's too, sorry if that's too personal. I just was curious. No, you're good. I have two plans. Um, either I'll come right out of high school. I'll travel, compete, um, seminars, kind of like Claudia Duvall does it, and then move into competing more or and own my family gym, or I come out of high school and I go to college for a business degree while competing and traveling, and then the same thing. So. Yeah, I was just the 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 last super young phenom we had on the show, Chase Hooper. You know, he had this really poignant statement that I I just loved. He's like, I've had two jobs: jujitsu teacher and professional UFC fighter. <laughs> and so there's that crop of absolute young talent that is seeing that career path open up, where you can just go straight into that profession if you've got the skills and i think no one would argue that you've got the skills but i don't like a lot of people i think with the mma there's not as much hesitation on going into that full full Mm full-time professional career jujitsu some would argue the money is a little bit more unstable you know and i just i i know you're you, you seem smarter than me already so you seem like someone who's tried to figure that out in your mind already. Mm-hmm. And also you've got a family of killers watching your back. Yeah. So I feel like you'll be and fine. I, and I think going through, I don't need it, but I feel like a business degree would be nice to have with running my gym. So, and even if knock on wood, but like I get hurt later down the line, a business degree is something good to fall back on. So, Are you sad? Lonely? Scared? Do your friends point and laugh at how bad your outside heel hooks are? Have you given up hope? Well, chin up, comrade! BJJ Black Belt and purveyor of fine coffee, Josh Starlord LeDuc is here to change your life. Buy his new DVD, Quantum Breaking Mechanics, with the link in the description to gain all the secrets of foot mangling and knee wrecking to destroy all who stand in your way. Now Josh doesn't know we're sharing this, so act fast before he finds out and unmakes us with the power of his mind. Shit, that's him. Oh, he's pissed. Uh, Anyway, I I gotta go, but uh, click the link and uh, always heal hook responsibly. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely a solid idea. Would you be looking local schools so you can stay in in Probably, Texas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Every everyone loves Texas. I gotta Yeah. I was I was supposed to I think I was supposed to actually show up for your fight. I was supposed to go out there and I was gonna cover it for the Jiu-Jitsu Times, but the COVID spikes, they they sort of trampled on the plans just because I didn't wanna get on a plane and potentially yeah. do all that stuff. Have you, has your training regimen been affected by COVID? Like, so to this point? during the main quarantine, um, we stayed home. I drilled most of the day. Um, I did live, I did Zoom classes. I taught Zoom classes. But since, th- since things have been picking up, we've kind of just been training. I mean, taking the precautions, but we've been training. 
I mean, Texas was definitely one of the, I think, the first state besides Florida. It was a, they were around the same time to really start opening things back up for jujitsu schools. Mm-hmm. Has for your sure. um, has has Carlson Gracie Houston been been doing all right? Yes. So right before, so at the towards the end of quarantine, we started um, getting the whole new gym ready. We just moved into a new place. Oh. So yeah. So it kind of came at like a good time to start working on it. So we worked on that. Um, we jumped right into the new gym, and we've been training since. The end of June at the new place. Dang. One of the, like, it's not, it's not important in the grand scheme of things, but one of my favorite things about jujitsu that I've been robbed of a little bit is the, this ability that I, that everyone, anyone has to just hear about a cool place somewhere. And if your gym isn't a stickler about cross training, which I don't, I don't like places that are really, you could just show up and be like, Hey, I heard this place was really cool drop in for a class or something. I used to do that all the time and it was so much fun. Um, Oh, I love cross training and Houston's really big on just cross training. There's this big open mat at Henzo Gracie. Um, Professor Brian hosted every Sunday, 10 to 12. And it's like the competitors, the people who want to do be something you do are there. No ego, no drama, no gym drama, nothing. They drop it for those two hours and they're in their training. I have unfortunately had experiences where play with places that are big on like, uh, you can't train anywhere else. You got to be here. You got to, you got to honor the symbol or your, 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 your school. And, and truth be told, those places never really produced anyone. You know, you can't because they, people sense if you're insecure about the stuff you're teaching, I don't mean to pontificate or anything. It's just like, you're holding yourself back if you're if you're keeping people from training where they want to train. It's just it's stupid. Although I feel like the Henzo guys are going to be coming after you now. <laughs> probably, but um, yeah, and that's what people have said. It's like you know you you probably train with these people every day, right? And you can your moves will work on them because that you know what they're going to do. They will always work. But when you start going with other people, and you know your moves don't work because they have other defenses or they're coming out with you different attacks, that's what's going to make your jiu-jitsu better and your jiu-jitsu grow. That's where cross-training is a good thing in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get any better, so I'm looking to be comfortable. That's why I don't really cross-train anymore. I'm just looking to hit hit my dumb last-minute straight ankle lock, and that's it. And I also only roll with people that are 100 pounds lighter than me. That's like another quirky thing that I do, but... I don't know. I don't get too much hate for it. <laughs> um, have Have you gotten the chance to travel around much thanks to jujitsu? Like, have you gone to a lot of different tournaments in different parts of the country? Yes. So my family and I, we also work the Naga tournaments. So oh. we would, yeah. So we travel and work those. And so we'll go up the coast to California, Vegas, Arizona. Uh, we'll go Florida, Alabama, all the way up to New York. And so we'll do that. And then we'll hit the like baby spots of like the United States, you know, <laughs> but the boring part, but <laughs> yeah, traveling. And like, we go to Chicago at least two times a year now because that's HQ and we like their food, but um, <laughs> traveling, traveling and training. It's so fun because, you know, you meet these new people that are on the same journey as you. And it's fun to hear like how their training goes and how, who they have at their gym just to like, make new friends in jiu-jitsu and also see how you 
to test yourself with other people. I, I think more than any hobby or any thing you can devote yourself to, if you're a jujitsu person and you're just in an area of the country or anywhere, anywhere on the planet, if you find a gym, you're immediately going to become endeared to that area. You're immediately going to be in the mix and it's the best feeling in the world. Cause you feel like you're, you're, you know, the secret handshake to get into the, yeah. the coolest <laughs> club ever instead of, but instead of partying, we just hurt each other and then go home exactly. and then we're sore. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly now, it. I mean, it's, it's great. If you ever, if you ever do any studying abroad, it's going to be the best. It's going to be like playing with cheat codes. Cause they're, they're, they're like, when I was in London, the Carlson guys, they're like, Oh, you, you go here. To, you think this is the place to go? No, no, no. That place is for the fucking tourists. You're going to go here. And then they just whisked me away. And That's then they, funny. yeah, no, <laughs> but, um, specifically towards jujitsu, do you have any long-term goals? You know, there's obviously ADCC, there's obviously, uh, IBJJF, you know, are you looking more for gi accolades, no gi accolades? Like where, where do you find yourself right now? So I feel personally, I can do both. Um, I've always been big on training both gi and no gi. This was my first year juveniles. So I wanted to win first year for pans and worlds. It didn't happen. So I, what am I talking about? Juveniles. I get lost. Okay. No worries. And real <laughs> quick, on, you, should, you should never be considered a juvenile. That's just not fair to juveniles. That's like, <laughs> that's like Don't me throwing, me. throwing a shark into a fish tank. Cause technically it's a fish okay. like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. But yes. Yeah, so I have this, or I had this year, but next year, uh, again, pan and worlds for juvenile. I want to win those and then go off and win. Hopefully. Uh, rack up IBJJF. What's that word? Wins. Sure. <laughs> I, that was. I was looking for like a big grown-up championship word, medals. Win, yes. <laughs> yeah, but win works too at purple, brown, and then eventually into a black belt at adult, and then same thing for ADCC. Um, those two C's. Uh, so worry about IBJJF and ADCC at the same time. I think I have like, like I said, getting ready for a Natalia. I think I did a real good switch to getting straight back into that whole no-gi game of the footlocks and stuff, but I can still come back and play my gi um, lapel kind of stuff. Yeah, you you were saying, I think it was either before we started or – no, I th it was after we started that you you favor that guard game, like the spider guard. Are, are you playing any worm guard with the lapels? I love worm guard, yes. <laughs> I love worm guard, worm and squid. Um, and I'll get the lapel and I'll just like spin out the whole time. I don't oh, yeah. do it right all the time, but it's fun <laughs> to just spin. But I love worm because you know they get like so like caught up and tangled, and while they're unraveling everything, I'm already passing guard or sweeping them. Or it's fun. It's funny because my my coach Chris Noonan, he's a uh, he's one of the black belts in South Jersey. He uses any kind of guard or grip, no matter what. It's, it is only to get to the back. Like that is yeah. his number one goal. And he'll like, so he'll like just bolo. It's just a way to get to the back. Uh, worm guard, <laughs> you're, I'm getting to the back. And it's just because he's so good at getting to the back that that mm -hmm. is his prime directive, no matter what. 
Yeah, know? like I'll use all my worm or the bolos to like set up the submissions. But if not, I'm going to the back too because I don't like mount. I don't know really? why. I don't. I feel like you know you do all that. You pass the guard. You get to north or neon belly side control mount, and I feel like that's like the end. And you roll back over, but that's because I don't like mount submissions either. So I either do all of mine to where I let them turn and take the back, or sting and work my guard submission. That is funny because my favorite submission in the world is a mount submission, and it's just a super basic Ezekiel choke within yeah. the gi from the mount. But I, it's also like I'm an, I'm the idiot that sometimes even though I've been doing this a while, I still think I can get an Ezekiel from close guard. Close guard, yeah. Yeah, I know, like the cheesiest, dumbest thing. And I'll look, if I'm going, I'll look to see if my coach is watching and I'll real quickly try it. But I always get caught because someone mm -hmm. will yell at me going like, Chris, Kevin's trying an Ezekiel from close guard. And then he'll walk over and he'll like, like make fun of me. Yeah, same for me. Like I'll set up a triangle for Mount or an arm bar and I'll always like fall off back into guard because I don't like finishing things from mount. It's weird, but I don't know why. I haven't thought do about you, it. Do you get to mount just as a way to rack up points and then you're not really concerned about staying there? Kind because of, yes. If, I think if I remember you actually got to mount in your match against Nat or briefly. You were like it the announcers thought you were getting there and then you It was it a didn't. scramble to yeah. where I was on her back and she was coming up to guard and I was coming up to mount. But we ended up going back to guard guard um if you can just if you can recall any aspects of her game that really stood out to you what what comes to mind first so um let me see how the match go i pulled guard into um shin on shin yeah it went into more i swept her i think and then she started going for her steam a lot and we came back so yeah. now we're two at two and i swept her again and she started hitting her steam a lot but i stiffed armed her and we stood back up um, I pulled guard again back into shin and shin. I swept her and then I started passing her guard and took the back. Um, she is strong. I want to say I didn't realize that until I watched the match. That's why I couldn't hit like the submissions, the twister like I wanted. But I think her leg lock attack attempt for the steamer were good. I mean, I think. Uh, just off of her social media presence and her history in like bodybuilding, like the strength was a big aspect of, mm -hmm. of her game. I forget her last match that she had at third coast grappling, but I remember that so she got she fought Stephanie Trevino. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they went in. So it was a real tight match. Um, Nat thought that it was also legal. So she was going for, yeah, that was an, I remember there, there was like a rule controversy before that started. Yeah. Yeah, but then she ended up getting the submission at the last second of regulation. Now, that's actually something that I would I would love to pick your brain about, and that's something I like to pick everybody's brain about who's like a high level competitor that we have on here. There is a ton of there are a ton of different rule sets for both mm -hmm. gi, no gi, like different overtime rules, and I, I assume you have fairly large amount of experience if not in competition then in training for different rule sets is there a rule set that you gravitate towards like for maybe gi and then no gi so um i've never did third coast or i never i thought the 11 point or submission thing was really smart because yeah. it gives the people who are sub only and the people who are points kind of a chance to play both and still stay in their like little bubble 
I don't hate EBI overtime. I'm just bad at it because I'm a very slow fighter. I don't rush. And I still know how to escape and all that, but it's not – I'm not good at it. That's the thing. But um, <laughs> I like a lot of sub-only matches over points. Like, okay. Big, yeah. You're not big on points, and yet you you dominated on points. <laughs> yeah. So going into that match, I kind of knew it would be a more point match because I knew um, her being stronger, I wouldn't be able to hit the submission the whole time. And I wasn't really big. So doing third coast, I pay attention to my points while still looking for my submission. So I don't throw points like into the win. I don't throw it to caution. That's not the right words. But I still worry about it. And, you know, after I hit those three sweeps, I'm like, okay, that's six to two. It's smart to start looking at the points a little more because that's possibly how I'll get the win. Maybe. I mean, you were able to get to the back, you know, so I guess a natural question for me would be, do you have any favored attacks from the back? You know, there's a lot of, (laughs) there's not so many options in Nogi, but I mean, you know. So coming up to this match, I got into a weird, a real like weird twister mode. Like I was yeah, you like, like they they, yeah. they they it almost looked like you were trying to hit a twister, and I'm like that would have been amazing. Yeah. I know, and I'm like you know it was there, but then she was stronger, so it wasn't all there. But then it went into the full Nelson, I think, right after. Yeah, and it looked like so, she was really feeling it too. Like yeah, I because. I could I, I mean, I was fighting, so I didn't see the other side of her. But then I think the commentary, like, that's choking her, like, with her head. And, like, yeah. I didn't know what that was because I, I like the half. I like doing the half nose, but the full nose was there. And I'm like, okay, we can sit there for a little bit. And then I wanted the triangle, but my feet were caught. So then we ended up coming back into guard, I think. I mean, I, that day I was not. I was not thinking that was going to be the day I see a full Nelson in, in regulation. I didn't think so. me either, no. I mean, more power to you. That that looked it looked nasty. It definitely did not look fun at all. After that match, I got off the mat and we went back into the room and I was talking with my coaches. And I'm like, "Did y'all see what I did?" Because I don't know what I did. And it was funny. <laughs> God, I fu- COVID finally ends. I I go on like a world tour to go hit up a bunch of jujitsu places. I stop by Houston, Carlson Gracie, thinking I'm just gonna have a nice time. Uh, Meet up with Mona Bailey. So I'm like, oh, I'm a huge fan. Oh, it's great. Do you want to roll? Yeah, we roll. She full Nelsons me, and then my day is ruined. Yeah, that's it. Have you, have you, like, have you hit full Nelsons in practice? Never, never. Holy. I'll hit halves, but not full. No. <laughs> that is just that is crunchy. That yeah. and more more power to you. you. Do you now? Nat was like Nat's a very high level, like uh, like a. A, b- a very big name just be and there, there's a lot of like notoriety that comes off of this match do you have any super fight style matches that you'd want to get put together like after this do you have any names in mind of people you'd want to face <laughs> not really no um my matches come as they will i have garcia from or submission to pro i have a super fight coming later december december September 12th. Yeah. Um, yes. What did you say, Daddy? I had one in Dallas on the 7th, but then she fell out for family issues. So I lost that one. And I was fight for September 12th. And that's it. And I think I'll have another one in October. 
I'm just I'm just waiting for the Grace Gundrum match. You know, I'm sorry. I'm selfish like so, that though. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody's brought it up and um I've met Grace before, but Grace is good. Grace is ahead of me. And you yeah. know it would be a good role. I just don't think I'm ready for Grace, you know? She's older, she's been training longer, she's at black belt now. So my yeah. time my time will Grace will come. But not right now. <laughs> that, that that is a really cool thing, though. Just because, like, there's a lot of different sports and and areas where people will not admit that, where people mm-hmm. will just want that match. They'll want the 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 fame and like that that attention at the at the cost of maybe going into something unprepared. It's really it speaks to your level of maturity that you can look at that matchup that a lot of people have approached you about and want to see happen it could probably happen for you right now and you are making the call of like my skills aren't there yet that is really really cool to hear i'm not that mature <laughs> like just just crazy that that's that's really cool and i think that attitude is definitely going to help you in the long run thank you yeah like um taking that's match it yeah. was it wasn't a walkover match and I didn't take it as a walkover match, but I saw it as a good match up. So I was fine taking it. But me and Grace, those are different levels that I'm not ready for right now. And with other people, I mean, I've been offered Jessica Khan, and I know she's older, she's higher, she's up there. I'm not ready for that match either. We fought um, at Gracie Nationals a few years ago, and we go two times or three times. We went twice, and the first time she caught me real quick. And then the second time I went farther with her a good seven minutes. So, you know, you can tell the progression there, but it's not there to take them on a match and call them out, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, uh, well, you, you'd think that, but that hasn't stopped a lot of, you know, the jujitsu culture from getting into that, the call out mentality and like making these super fights happen. So it's, you know, it's, it's really cool to see that, that level of even headedness where it's just about, okay. The, the love of the game and knowing when you're ready for something, you know, so that's. Yeah. yeah. I recognize where I am in my level and, you know, these girls are held on higher platforms because they've earned their spot. Um, and I'll get there too. Just not right now. All right. Well, that's uh, one other thing I wanted to briefly talk about is, uh, you know, it's right in your jujitsu bio. It's, it's uh, something you've talked about. Uh, openly for a long time, uh, alopecia, you know, mm-hmm. bald, strong Mona is the, the tag, which is a great, great Instagram handle, by the way, as Thank someone you. that's not very versed on, mm-hmm. uh, alopecia, could you kind of describe your, your journey with it and what it is for people in our, in our audience that are similarly ignorant to it? Okay. So alopecia is an autoimmune disease where basically your body is allergic to hair. And there are different, like, levels, stages to it. Like, it can just be your hair on head on your hair, hair on your head, or it can be, like, the whole body. So I got diagnosed when I was nine, and I started jiu-jitsu right before I got alopecia. So starting jiu-jitsu before, I believe, helped me better cope with it. You know, somebody came to the gym, talked with all the kids, explained it to everybody, and, you know, that support system. And it was my family. Um... I never had, I always had a good support system. You know, I was never by myself. I never had to go through this by myself. So not long after the rest of my hair started falling out, we shaved it. 
I went to school. I got taken out of school in fourth grade, and I went back for fifth through eighth, and I wore a wig. I'm fine being bald. Like, as soon as I got home, I would take it off. It's just I didn't feel like having to answer questions in school. So I've been bald through all of my jiu-jitsu. And then last year was my last year at Kid Pans, and there's this picture where I had a little piece of my eyebrow. So over through the years, hair started coming back in. But we always just shaved it because I always had a tournament coming up or something like big coming up so I couldn't look like a mess like I am right now. But so during quarantine, I had nothing else going on and I only have a few spots left with no hair so we let it grow out. And it's been growing out for four, three, four months now. Yeah, it's fun. They say I, mean, I have to change my Instagram but I don't want to. You you put in the effort. No way. You gotta you get to you get to be bald strong Mona. That's yeah. I mean, full disclosure, the reason I'm always rocking a, a cap of some kind in these episodes is because uh my genetics basically let me know that I got about two years left before I'm fully bald <laughs> and it's not great. Thanks, dad and mom. But uh yeah. I I think that battle with image, you know, not to to speak on your experience, but just as a, a young woman can be really difficult. Uh, did jujitsu have any role in, in sort of, you know, putting physical appearance on the back burner and keeping yourself focused on, you know, what you wanted to do? Yeah, kind of. So like I said, jujitsu the whole time. And like, I realized like these girls have their hair is a mess all the time. when they're <laughs> So that wasn't a big problem. And so we started, my family and I started the Botchon Mona Foundation. We would raise awareness and money through the jiu-jitsu super fights and like the community to raise money for kids, um, for wigs. And we would send out a wig once a month for the kids. Um, this year, it hasn't been as busy. Um, we're revamping a few more things. And when COVID hit, it just like put the foundation step back a little. But we're looking to make a big comeback later this year or next year. And next year. At, now, only because you are, you've done the hard part already. You've shaved your head. You know, you've experienced that. A lot of people, it keeps them from experimenting with their hair. But because mm -hmm. you're getting it back, but you're already comfortable just shaving your head, I th I say this is the time to just experiment with some crazy do's. Yeah. I'm thinking like mohawk, bleach, <laughs> just like. Uh, please, no one in your family kill me if they see this. I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not encouraging her. I'm just saying, experimenting is a good idea, especially quarantine. Everybody said yes. They're like, you know, just want, just dye your hair, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna chill. I need more hair before I can like ruin it already. So. <laughs> I mean, you got like the the hairline looks great. Yeah, I'd say. I do. I know, and I have like baby hairs coming in too. It's fun. Man, you, you're, you're getting your hair back and I'm just losing mine. That's, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess just at uh, at closing, just because this is about – without Kev G, there's, there's only a certain amount of questions I want to ask. And I know you're very busy – training to conquer the world with your family of i don't know super people super mercenaries or whatever is there is there anything that you have going on in the immediate future jujitsu wise that you'd want to you'd want to shout out just because you said you had some matches in september and after that but uh yes. anything anything more recent going on um do i have anything more recent than september super fun wise yeah 
Um, I, I, t- so <laughs> I'm not, I'm nothing really, no. So they have the third coast grappling August 8th, the kids card on top of the main card. Um, Garcia promotion, super fights. Those are August 7th in Dallas. One of my teammates is on there, so we'll still go. And then, yeah, super September 12th, I have Garcia, or submission Hunter pro. I have a title match my third title match. And then in October is submission under pro. We'll have a, um, all females card, female refs, female commentary, raising a kind of like a breast cancer awareness show. So that's going to be a really fun one. Dang. That sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. Well, crap. I'm going to, we're, we're probably going to be covering that pretty extensively. We got a, we got a lot of really, uh, solid female grapplers on staff here at JJT. So that's going to be, that's going to be a fun one to do. Yeah, I'm all excited right. for that card. All right. Well, uh, Mona, thank you so much for for joining me here today and, and filling in for Kev G. Again, Kev G, we hope you and, and uh, Mama Gallagher are doing well. Uh, is there any social media or, or different stuff you'd want to plug real quick here at the at the close? Yeah, so my Instagram is Baltrang Mona. Uh, the foundation, Baltrang Mona Foundation, is also another Instagram. And then my Facebook is Mona Bailey. Hell yeah. And any, any promoters out there that have not contacted Miss Bailey about getting her on some cards, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you sleeping on this? This is crazy. Uh, but yes, uh, thank, thank you once again, Mona, for joining us. Uh, this has been a very engaging and cool, maybe even radical episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, with replacement co-host, Mona Bailey. Mona. Thank you once more. We hope to have you you. back again. And for all of you out there, keep grappling, keep smiling, keep watching, and we'll see you next time. Good night.